48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm out as well. The headlines. Supporters and opponents of the national anthem bill clash outside Lechko. Police seize a ton of firecrackers, the biggest hole in years. And the government will step up recycling at New Year fairs across Hong Kong next week. A bill that criminalises abuse of the national anthem is due to be tabled at the Legislative Council later this afternoon. Once the bill is passed, anyone who insults the march of the volunteers could face three years in jail and a $50,000 fine. Supporters and opponents of the bill clashed outside the legislature this morning. The rival protesters shouted at own and over at one another. Opponents demanded the bill be shelved, while supporters say it's needed to uphold national dignity. During the protest, members of Demosisto stormed the civic square outside government headquarters and unfurled a banner against the bill. Joshua Wong, who's the secretary general of the group, called on lawmakers to demand the government to withdraw the bill. We against it is because we believe that it's not a must for people loyal to the country and loyal to the regime, especially Hong Kong and China is under one-party dictatorship. And we just recognize that no matter national anthem law in Hong Kong, one country, two system implementation in Taiwan or the Xinjiang re-education camp, we also aware all of those strategy and suppressed tactics is just the hardline policy under the hardline leadership of President Xi Jinping. But the chairwoman of the pro-Beijing DAB party, Starry Lee, says insulting the national anthem should no longer be tolerated. Hong Kong is part of China and national anthem is uh, representing actually our country because we don't have that law, that pieces of legislation. Some people do uh, make use of that and uh, try to insult the national anthem, which is uh, hurting the one country and two system. Therefore, I think we need this piece of legislation to give out a very clear signal that you cannot do that. Otherwise, you have to bear the consequence. Police have seized a ton of firecrackers in a container storage site in Lok Ma Chau in the run-up to the Lunar New Year holiday, the largest hole in years. A 62-year-old man who manages the site has been arrested for illegal possession of fireworks. Officers say the firecrackers, maybe worth $2 million, are expected to sold to villagers in the new territories later. The Environmental Protection Department will step up recycling at Lunar New Year fairs across Hong Kong next week. Officials say they will arrange for contractors to collect used materials at all 15 fairs up from 13 last year. As well as collecting bamboo and wooden pallets, they will, for the first time, pick up unsold flowers, polystyrene foam, glass bottles and food waste. The department's deputy director, Vicky Kwok, says recycling has proved effective. From the past figures, actually, we've, we found that in the uh, Lunar New Year fair size we have implemented in past years, there has been a very obvious reduction in the garbage disposed of and a very obvious increase in the recyclables collected. Um, but we also a, a more noticeable increase in the awareness of um, people in Hong Kong as well as the store owners in better uh, practicing the clean recycling and the waste reduction and source. I think this is the most important thing. Professional Commons lawmaker Kenneth Leung has welcomed the government shelving a motion on cross-harbour tunnel tolls, saying it is a bad time to discuss it with district elections coming up. Lawmakers were due to vote on the non-binding motion today. Mr Leung says his group is open to discussing it another time, but the government needs to do more to prove the social benefits of raising tolls at the central and eastern crossings.
I don't think they have uttered clearly enough what the social benefits are as a whole to the community because of the increase in toll fare in the central and eastern tunnel. I do agree that as a whole, the package isn't that bad, but I think the timing is a bit sensitive because there is the district council election coming up, and of course there are some residents living in some areas like the eastern part of the island which are concerned about the bottleneck traffic jam that may be created after the proposed implemented. A secondary student has been hit by a bus on the way to school this morning in Taipo. The bus driver didn't stop after the accident in Namwan Road and the vehicle was later found in the bus terminal in Taipo Market. The teenager was rushed to Prince of Wales Hospital. A KMB spokesman said the teenager was jaywalking and hit the rear part of the bus. He said the bus captain contacted police after he heard about the accident. China has demanded the United States drop a request that Canada extradite a top executive of mainland tech giant Huawei. A foreign ministry spokesperson said Canada's extradition treaty with the U.S. infringed on the rights and interests of Chinese citizens. The U.S. Department of Justice says it will formally request her extradition before the January 30th deadline. Here's the BBC's William Leonardo. The Department of Justice said in a statement that it would meet a 60-day deadline to file the official extradition request, which expires next week. Miss Meng has been released on bail in the Canadian city of Vancouver following her arrest there on December the 1st. Once the request is submitted, Canada has 30 days to start the procedure of extradition, although Miss Meng is not expected to be on American soil for many months. China has cautioned the US to drop the charges against the executive. The incident has sparked a diplomatic crisis, including the tit-for-tat detention of two Canadians in China on national security grounds. There are concerns in Australia that a Sydney-based writer, Yang Hang-jun, may have been detained while on a trip to China. Mr Yang flew into Guangzhou on Saturday, but his friends told reporters he appears not to have flown onto Shanghai as expected. The novelist has been critical of China's communist government. His friends are said to have warned him against travelling to China. The authorities in the U.S. state of New Jersey have temporarily grounded flights at Newark International Airport after two drones were spotted flying nearby. The airport is the 11th busiest in the United States. Here's the BBC's Narish Horshek. The Federal Aviation Administration said the flights at Newark International Airport were stopped after drones were reported over a small regional airport nearby. A pilot flying at that airport told air traffic control that one of the drones came within 10 metres of his aircraft. Newark is one of the three main airports serving New York City and the surrounding region. Normal operations were resumed after 90 minutes of disruption. It comes a month after reported drone sightings at Gatwick Airport in London, which led to the grounding or diversion of more than a 1,000 flights. Police in the United States Police in the U.S. state of New York have arrested and charged three young men and a 16-year-old with planning to attack a Muslim community with explosives. Investigators searched several locations and uncovered three homemade bombs as well as shotguns and rivals. FBI technicians are examining the bombs. The four suspects are accused of having spent about a month planning the attack. The local police chief is Patrick Phelan. If they had carried out this plot, which every indication is that they were going to, you know, people would have died. I don't know how many and who, but people would have died. So the kid that initially said something to an adult saved people's lives. And, you know, the lesson here is that we tell kids this all the time. We say if you see something, say something. you got to report anything suspicious. The lesson is that it works. 
The U.S. Supreme Court has allowed President Trump to enforce his policy of banning certain transgender people from serving in the military. Supreme Court judges voted in favor of the government's request to lift injunctions issued against the ban, while a legal challenge in lower courts continues. The BBC's Jane O'Brien reports from Washington. The ruling by the Supreme Court is not the final word on whether transgender people can serve in the US military. There are approximately 9,000 currently serving, some on active duty. Several courts issued injunctions against the new regulations on the grounds they violated constitutional rights of equal protection. But after the government successfully argued that defence policy should not be dictated by courts, the Supreme Court has now ruled that the ban can temporarily temporarily take effect. Scientists have quashed a long-standing conspiracy theory that the Nazi war criminal Rudolf Hess has been replaced by a lookalike by the time he was jailed in Berlin. Researchers in Austria compared blood samples given by Hess and a relative and found a match of almost 100%. Here's the BBC's Richard Hamilton. Rudolf Hess was Adolf Hitler's deputy in the Nazi party. After the war, he was sentenced to life at the Nuremberg trials and spent the next 40 years in Spandau prison. But there were persistent rumours that the prisoner known as Spandau No. 7 was not actually Hess, but an imposter who looked like him. Now, scientists at the University of Salzburg in Austria have tracked down a distant male relative of Hess... This relative gave a DNA sample and the team compared it with that of a blood sample taken from the prisoner in Spandau in 1982. The results showed that the two people from whom the samples were taken were 99.99% likely to be related. The World Anti-Doping Agency has decided against reimposing sanctions on Russia, even though Moscow missed a deadline to hand over data from a laboratory at the centre of alleged state-sponsored doping. Its experts have begun analysing it. WADA's Director-General Olivia Nigley said the material potentially highlighted dozens of new cases of cheating. I have to be prudent in my answer and I wait until we have all this identification and, and analysis work. But I think a realistic number could be a few hundred cases. It is very positive, and I think that's how it should be seen uh, by, in particular, the athletes around the world, because some of these athletes are probably still active uh, today. Nominations have been announced for this year's Oscars, with the films Roma and The Favourite jointly leading the field. Among the other films receiving multiple nominations were A Star is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody. Here's the BBC's Dan Johnson. Some big, big sets of nominations here. Black Panther, The Favourite, uh, Vice, Roma, really standing out. So some interesting diversity there in the sorts of films that are being nominated, the sorts of films that are having success. A film like Roma, a few years ago, probably wouldn't have been able to make it to this level. It's filmed in black and white. It's presented for an English audience in subtitles. You start watching the film and think, crikey, I'm going to have a hard time with this. But once you engage with that film, it is a beautiful piece of work from Alfonso Cuaron. Financial news a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,018, 12 points up on the previous close. Genova stands at $44 billion. The US dollar is trading at 109.65 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 13 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 15 cents. Now to sports, here's Atom Jung. We start with an update on the Australian Open tennis where Serena Williams is out. The 23-time major champion has been beaten in the quarterfinals by Karolina Pliskova. It finished 6-4, 4-6, 7-5 for the seventh seed from the Czech Republic. 
she'll face Naomi Osaka in the semifinals. The U.S. Open champion took a big step towards a second consecutive Grand Slam by beating Elena Svitolina 6-4, 6-1. In the men's quarterfinals, Canada's Milos Raonic plays Lucas Puyol of France, while later in the day, Novak Djokovic takes on Kei Shikori. On to football's Asian Cup in the UAE, where the quarterfinal lineup is complete. South Korea beat Bahrain 2-1 in extra time and will face Qatar in the last eight. They beat Iran 1-0. Here's the BBC's Manny Jasmi. South Korea were made to work hard for their win by a disciplined Bahraini side. The Koreans only had three shots on target in the entire two hours of play. The first was a goal by Hwan Hee-chan just before half-time. The second was the winner in extra time, a header by Kim Jin-soo. And the third was a shot that hit the post towards the end. Mohamed Al-Rumehi scored for the Bahrainis. In the quarterfinals, South Korea will face Qatar, who beat Iraq 1-0, thanks to a superb direct free kick by central defender. Bassam al-Rawi, whose father was an Iraqi international. Qatar still haven't conceded. They play sophisticated football and will give South Korea a very difficult game on Friday. Mariano Rivera has become baseball's first ever unanimous Hall of Fame selection. The former New York Yankees pitcher was elected along with three others after voting results were revealed on Tuesday. Rivera is baseball's all-time saves leader with 652, and he's also now the first unanimous choice for Cooperstown after receiving the maximum 425 votes from baseball writers across the U.S. Also voted in on Tuesday is Roy Halladay. The best pitcher to have ever played for the Toronto Blue Jays was 40 years old when he died in a plane crash two years ago. Designated hitter Edgar Martinez and the crafty left-hander Mike Mussina will also be inducted. On the ice, the San Jose Sharks outlasted the Washington Capitals in a 13-goal thriller in D.C. Thomas Hurdle completed his hat-trick in overtime to give San Jose a 7-6 victory in the last game they played before hosting the All-Star game this weekend. The Washington skipper Alex Ovechkin also had a hat-trick in a losing effort. The Stanley Cup champions have lost six in a row. They visit the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow before going off on a much-needed break. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Supporters and opponents of the National Anthem Bill clash outside Lechko. Police seize a ton of firecrackers, the biggest hole in years. And the government will step up recycling at Lunar New Year fairs across Hong Kong next week. The news from RTHK. (laughs) 